today on The Breakdown. Sometimes you just have a monster, monster year in poker. And Art Papazian is that guy this year. Well, in 2017 anyway. He won two WPT titles in 2017 alone, actually within a month of each other. And that's pretty cool. It means he's got some game, and we got to see it on display. And this pretty cool hand from Live at the Bike, it's a cash game. And he's up against Dan Zach, a guy you've never heard of, but has two first names. So, you know, that's, that's something right there. Am I wrong? Anyway, we're going to take this hand apart right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. I don't know why. That was, that was uh, significantly longer than your average opening. I really didn't know where I was going with that at all. I yeah. started talking. I was like, I'm going to start with his two WPT titles and then realized I got nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> and I decided not to get into... Usually I describe the hand a little bit. Didn't do that. So that would have been easy. Didn't maybe, do there, that. maybe there isn't even a hand to describe. <laughs> Think Ooh. about that. Is there ever one to describe, bro? That's, Think about that. That's a really interesting point and yeah. something that we will take apart on our philosophy podcast, which is launching in the year 2021. Try to understand the truth. What is the truth? There is no hand. No? Nothing? Yeah. That's the Matrix? The, yeah, I get it. I was thinking about the other day, that little kid. Somehow they, he let him shave the, his head and everything. Um, how they must have, the direct, safe direction must have been, okay, we want you to be like, you're, you're a young kid, but you're like weary. You're like weary as if you're like 95. And the kid completely nailed it. What a moment. That's what I was just, <laughs> I was just going to say that. I figured. Uh, this hand was suggested by Kyle on the Twitters. Nice job, Kyle. Yeah, thanks, Kyle. Only suggester. So winner of nothing but our hearts. That is significant. I'll say that. And, you know, if you want to be like Kyle and suggest a hand for the breakdown, be it podcast or the video, just tweet at us. We are at two poker guys. The number two poker guys include a YouTube link that's timestamped. Just to be clear, you can't choose if it's a podcast only or not. We choose that. I mean, you can make a suggestion, yeah. I guess. Some, actually, and someone did recently, right? Where they, what, there was a hand where... Th- it was a hashtag. Kid. The hashtag, right. Where I said, we'll never do that hand. And someone said, podcast only. And then we did it. Yeah, we did. Because, you know, that's fine. It was live with the bike also. Yes, it was. Yeah. Well, way to go, LATB. Also our competition. Yeah, <laughs> completely our competition. We're giving them some PT. How about ah, that? Whatever. Yeah. I don't um, care. So this is a bigger game than the last live with the bike hand mm. we did. That w- that one was hashtag king against Christian Soto. I think that was just a five ten game with a twenty dollars straddle. Oh yeah, that hand got very big very quickly though. Yeah, this is a twenty five fifty game, but it looks like they've got a mandatory one hundred and two hundred dollar straddle on here. So we're uh, we're talking big bucks over Do here. Do we know that it's mandatory, or is it just that in this hand there is a one hundred? I'm just assuming. Okay. Um, okay. it, it may not be mandatory, but often in these games, these things become like kind of consensus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So let's get to the hand. Sounds great. I think I want to do that. All right. So we've got the $200 straddle as the biggest bet out there. There's a guy named Ari who is in the hijack. Uh, make that the cutoff. He's got six, four of hearts. He's going to open to 500. We don't care about him. He's a garbage human, but this is perfectly fine and reasonable. Yeah. Oh, wait, it's 100, 200. Uh, 2550, 100, 200. Oh, this is not nearly big enough. No, you already. should make it like 750 or something. At least, maybe more, maybe yeah. 900. It's pretty hard to get through with. You're never getting it through. You got six high. Let's, you got six what are you high. doing, Ari? Make yeah. it more. But anyway. Anyway. You're going to get what you deserve, Ari. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> Ari's not winning this hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I already said he's the garbage. I know. Man. I'm just, you know, in case someone doesn't know what we're talking about. I'm about to sneeze. So I I'm see trying, something I'm really weird really is happening on your face. Just let it go. Hold on. 
Oh, I did it. I'm I'm pretty proud it's of myself. It's going to come back, and it's not going to... You'll no, have done nothing. It's dead forever. Yeah, okay. I've blinked it out of existence. You're never going to sneeze again. I've blinked it out of existence, much like those hashtag king type aggressive players that we talked about on the hashtag king I podcast. I do remember that. Yeah. That guy's dead. <laughs> no, I don't think he is. I don't know. Maybe. All right. So Dan Zach, two first names, is on the button, and he's got two queens. Uh, queen of diamonds, queen of spades, facing this $500 open. Probably a good time to three bet considering there's the double straddle on. Yeah, you're definitely not going to be isolated almost ever if you flat here. So we just cannot flat with two queens. Along with that, people just don't believe each other as much when there's so many blind bets in. They think yeah. people are trying to steal, which is true. They mm-hmm. should be trying to steal. It's an interesting spot in some ways because with queens, um, if someone decides to show their claws against us because of all this not believing thing, we're just going to have to go with our queens basically. Like, not that it's going to come up, but like, what are we, what is, what's his face making here? What does Dan Zach make it like? He makes it 1900. Yeah. Totally reasonable. If someone goes all in for 12,000 or something crazy like that, we're just going to have to call. I mean, we're just going to be like, I call, I got Queens. Someone makes it 5,000. They've got 11,000 total. We're just going to have to go with it. I mean, we're not going to fold. Yeah. It's not a comfortable spot, but based on the situation and all of the thoughts it creates in the players, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to fold to the big blind, which is only 50. It's not the 200, the big yeah. blind. Uh, was Art Papazian, who you mentioned, had a monster 2017, won two WPT titles within a month of each other. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, so he's got money to burn. The legends of poker, and then Maryland Live with an exclamation mark. Exclamation mark, that's good. That means uh, it's that's a, an exclamation point, excuse me. Okay. It's a question mark and an exclamation point. I get those mistakes. Who cares? Um, <laughs> Dan Zach, by the way, had 39,000 in front of him. Art Papazian has 49,000 in front okay. of him. And he's got a bit of a weird spot due to not only the dynamic, but also that it's already a three-bet pot. And he's got two tens in his hand. Yeah. Ten of diamonds, ten of hearts. It's it's like it's uncomfortable no matter what you do, right? Like mm-hmm. folding feels way too nitty, unless you know the three better very well. Yeah. Uh, in a t- I can see folding in a tournament setting in certain s- scenarios a lot more than a cash setting when you're deep. Flatting feels kind of face up unless you flat aces sometimes and your opponent knows that. Also, flatting often encourages the original razor to stick around. Yeah. Also, four betting, while it sucks, does define the hands a little bit more. Like, the original razor re-raises. That guy's got aces. Or maybe kings. Like, I mean, that's it, right? I mean, based on the way the action's gone. Unless the guy's crazy, of course. Yes. Um, so, anyway. Yeah, flat, I, don't, I don't think you can really flat here because of the original razor. But four betting is also super uncomfortable. I mean, let me say that again. Of course you can flat here. You've got two tens. It's a reasonable hand. You can put in more money and just flat. But it's all, all options are not great. No. I like I actually I think I probably prefer four betting in this spot. I think I bit. do too, but it kind of sucks to have a value hand where you essentially have to fold to a five bet when you're deep here. Unless it's tiny. Yeah. That's kind of crappy. It is. But I guess sometimes you just have to do that. You just have to put yourself in that spot because the situation dictates it. Yeah. Like, you just can't... You can't see a flop three ways out of position with a really bloated pot already. With, you know, where stacked pot's going to start to be an issue early on. And you may find yourself committed in dumb ways where you're like, I'm almost always beat, but this is like one of the best flops I can have. All these stupid things. Are you just going to set mine? You can't just set mine with this hand. If, you, if you're flatting, you're sort of just set mining. And it's... Not really. I mean, you can call on a lot of flops and, and decide to hero later. I mean, okay, but the pot's going to be really, really big. There's 6,000 in the pot if you call here and the other guy calls before the flop bet happens. Well, I mean, the pot's going to be bigger if you four bet. True. No, that's true, but we're often going to eliminate. Either we're going to take it down or we're going to eliminate the original razor. 
it, they both they both are kind of uncomfortable, weird spots. I don't know if we're ever... Okay, I'm going to say Art Papazian does decide to four bet. Here's the thing. We're never folding out the three better because he makes it 4,600. The three better Dan Zach made it 1,900. Correct. The three better has position on us. I feel like, if anything, this is um, Art Papazian sort of being aware that he can get five bets sometimes and trying to cost himself the least amount possible on the five bet because what else could this be? Right. I guess this is enough to fold out the original razor. And like you said, unless our, our uh, Dan Zach has nothing, maybe it's you just could have fooling like, around. Maybe you could have like ace three off. Exactly. You know, like I had a blocker. Oh, I can't even call. Yeah. My hand's so bad. Otherwise he's just like, he's going to call with any suited connector at this point. Right. Absolutely. Nine, ten of clubs. He just kind of has to call in position. So yeah, it's uh that part does sort of blow. Well, if we know Dan Zach to be a guy who is going to three bet a late position opener a lot, then this could just be a pure value play because we don't expect him to fold. We just have the best hand. We put more money in that type of thing. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, he calls or whatever, whatever happens is fine. We have a really good hand. That's that kind of a thing. It kind of sucks if Dan Zach's the type of guy who will take his blocker hands and sometimes five bet too, though, because we kind of have to fold against those also. We do, but very few people are going to five bet bluff with a blocker in a I, cash game. It just doesn't happen very often. I agree, but this is a scenario primed for it with the double straddle on. Like, yeah. where nobody believes each other. That's true. It's it's definitely... But when but when the cold four-back comes from the big blind, I don't know. That's that's a pretty strong play, right? It's a little different, especially with a double straddle, that it comes from the big blind. Of course. Yeah, because, but, like, obviously, if you're in the straddle, the, the second straddle, it, it acts effectively like the big blind like you would think of the big blind acting where you feel more like you can call more frequently. Mm-hmm. But when you've only put 50 in, it feels like you're, you're going to have to four bet a lot. It's kind of like the, the small blind. Yes. It's like, it's like a race from the small. Blind. Yeah. That's true. But it's a four bet from that spot. I don't know. Right. Also the original opener was where the six, four hearts was where uh, he was in the cutoff. So it was cut off button. Uh, that's not good. That makes it a little less likely to believe the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's just a tricky spot overall with two tens here. I agree. I agree. I honestly, I'm a chicken. I'd probably just call, but I, I don't know that it's right. I think it may be right to four bet. It's hard I, to I hate all options. I don't know. Do we? Here's a question: Do we want a four bet like Art did to 4600, where we're getting called by 100 percent of reasonable hands, or do we want to actually have some fold equity here against the three better? I think the problem with having fold equity is we, we may put ourselves in some game theory disaster spots pretty much immediately if we make it. 7,200 instead or something like that, 6,800, I don't know. Um, like, if we make it 7,000, which is sort of a reasonable size, right? Because it was 1,900? Yeah. Okay. You think that's a reasonable size, by the way? I think that's bigger? big, big reasonable. Yeah, because we're talking big. Right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, like, two sevens may just feel like they have to fold. I don't know if they, they probably don't feel like they can set mine profitably. There's pro- the implied odds I don't think are there. I'd have to do the math on that because he's got 39,000. Dan Zach does, yeah. Yeah. So that's the effective stack. Zach would be putting in like 5K to try and win another 32 behind plus the money it's already in. Yeah, it's in not there. quite it's like enough. 30. Yeah, it's not good enough. You, you can't profitably set mine there. So that means in theory, we're going to fold out the small pairs. Um, so that's not great. So like, I'm not sure what, like maybe two nines will call. Yeah, but, maybe, and we could get called by two overcards sometimes. Yep. If he has king-queen suited, he might decide to call a, a bigger bet. If he has ace-queen or ace-king, he might decide to call. Yes, those are the ones. Yeah. He might even fold king-queen suited, honestly. I think he's um, more likely to call king-queen suited than ace-queen off in a spot like this. Those are both problematic. Yeah. Um, 
I think Ace Queen suited is just going to find a call with. Yeah. For sure. All Ace Kings are going to at least call. Yes, they are. Um, I mean, it's not, it's just, uh, yeah, you can get called by some worst hands, but those worst hands are almost always coin flips and you're out of position against them. Right. So, like, he can call with two nines, the board can come. Ace, you know, Jack four, you check, he bets you fold, and he's like, cool, I bluff with my nines. Or he has, you know, two Jackson calls, or he has Ace King and call. Like, it's just hard to know where you are. Um, and, and forget know where you are. You're usually not in great shape. Like the range that's calling you is not, you're doing very poorly against. That's what agree. I'm trying to say. I agree with all of your points about the bigger four bet, but the smaller four bet also has so many problems. Yes, it does. Cause we're going to be out of position in this enormously bloated pot against a good player when we don't know what we're trying to avoid. Right. Yep. That sucks too. Cause we're getting called by all hands unless he has a random, really terrible blocker hand. Let's assume he's, that's going to happen pretty rarely. Yeah. Too. By the way, of course the six, four of hearts. The cutoff could still five bet us too. Yeah, he's not going to with six four parts, but that's. A I don't know. Maybe I like flatting better because both four bet options size wise feel poopy. But as we were saying, there's some real problems with flatting. I.e., usually you're only going to have a few hands here, right? You can have tens, you can have jacks. I guess you can have nines. You well, can show up with ace queen, ace king. You have to be able to show up with aces sometimes. It's really hard to show up with aces with a third player in the I hand. I know. It is. It's not impossible, but it's really hard. Really hard. In this bloated pot with all this extra dead money in there, it's just hard. I agree. But it eliminates a lot of these problems. To be able to show up with aces? Yeah. The thing and is this. You may play... I mean, in, I guess if they're doing a mandatory two straddles, then maybe you act, and you're playing this game a fair amount, you actually can show up with aces here. But it's possible you could decide to show up with aces here in your mind. And no one's ever seen you do it because right, it I doesn't know. happen much. And so then it effectively doesn't help if you have two tens and no, one's, no one thinks you can have aces in your range. Even if you can, it actually doesn't help you yeah. right? and, until, until they actually show up. If it's, not a, if it's not a scenario that repeats enough. I agree. It's just, I don't know. I, yeah. The four betting spots seem bad. I agree. I don't, I don't like, I would not like four betting because of the game theory disaster. So I'd want to call... Maybe we just have to be able to call with um, different kinds of hands sometimes. Maybe, like, what if we call with some hands that are not so obvious? They don't just have to be aces. They don't have to be strong that way. Maybe they could be some of the best, um, like, suited connectors sometimes. Could we call with, like, jack tennis spades sometimes or something like that? So it's just like, I mean, you're putting in a lot of money to almost always lose it, which yeah, sucks. Yeah, I don't know, man. This is just a crappy spot. Yeah. It's a classic spot. Maybe we can call it king-queen suited, though. So we can call with like ace king, ace queen, king queen suited, um, tens, jacks, nines, and then if the situation is perfect, sometimes maybe aces or kings and queens. Well, if the original opener knows that, they can exploit us. Yep. Well, we're exploitable no matter what we do. I mean, I think that's part of the problem. When it comes to us, it's already been three bet. It's just, we're just always exploitable here. If we're, we're from a calling point of view, not from a re-raising point of view. Maybe that's the re- another reason to re-raise is yeah. we're exploitable that way too, but we're, expo- we're harder to exploit, I think. But does the smaller re-raise do the same thing as calling and making us exploitable that way if people can eventually read into that? like The reason you don't want to make the smaller re-raise is because it's a game theory disaster. It's only well, a game the, theory... The, big, the bigger re-raise, you mean? The bigger re-raise is because yeah. it's a game theory disaster. That's only the case because we have two tens. If we had two aces, that wouldn't be the case. That is correct. That's right. You're right. So if, so if tens are part of that range, it's fine. If we're always going to play tens plus ace king this way, 
then I'm actually fine with this. Like this just happens to be the bottom of our yeah. of our four betting range, and we're going to fold that if we get five bets to a significant amount. That's that's it. That's that's got to be the answer, right? The answer is the bigger. This is just the bottom of our bigger four betting range, right? And this is the part that sucks if it goes badly. Yeah, but that's okay. It's supposed to be part of your range where it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> um, a lot of a, but a, mo- a bunch of our range we're just going with. Like we have queens plus, I guess, and we four bet. We're probably not folding, even yeah. though it could be. Maybe we are folding queens. Actually, depends on the player. Yeah. Um, in this spot with all this craziness, if the player's even a little bit nuts, we managed to not be able to fold them. Right. Um, the guy's like, I'm all in. You're like, well, I, you have ace king sometimes, I guess, whatever. All right. I think I like that better. Yeah. We, we just have a, we, we four bet bigger and this is just part of our range that we have to be in game theory disaster mode for that to be okay. Right. So like we have very strong hands. We have pretty good hands, which ten, the tens are like the bottom of our strong range, but is really pretty good. And we'll we have, have a, a few bluffs. Blocker hands. Yeah. yeah. We have a few like ace four suited hands. Yeah. Cool. All right. Figure it out, I think. That took a while, but I'm glad we got there. Yeah, I think I like that better than what Papazian did, which was to make it 4,600. Yeah, me too. I genuinely would like to know if he would have made it bigger with aces. Yeah, me too. It'd be interesting to know, but we can't know. Well, we could if, if you know, they keep playing in, on the stream and he had aces in the spot later. Then we'd know. You know what I do know? Yeah. The Nitrogen Sports Poker Room is I a s- place. I where, said, yeah. Where you I, can- I know. You don't have to explain this. I know you know. Oh, okay. Never mind. So, what were you saying about the hands? <laughs> <laughs> I want to say anyway, just because it makes me fill you know with what? joy. It fills me with joy. All right, go ahead. I was going to say Nitrogen Sports Poker Room is a place that, as everybody knows, you can find your lost dreams. It's mm. also wonderful and um, makes you feel like you're on top of the world. You know what I'm going to say about that? What? You're going to love it at Nitrogen Sports Poker. It's like a fresh baked loaf of bread. <laughs> That's what it's like. You know how they say, this is the best thing since sliced bread? Those people don't even know what they're talking about. This is better than sliced bread. <laughs> better. Better. Than sliced bread. And Nitrogen Sports Poker Room is, of course, where we play. We have an, a, a monthly tournament yeah. that has a big overlay. You should check it out because it's awesome. Free money. Everybody loves it. Don't tell them any specifics, though, whatever you do. All right. Well, our next one is happening on February 3rd. That's correct. The day before the Super Bowl. It's coming up real soon. It is coming up quite soon. Uh, if you want to play that tournament, it's going to be cheap to buy in, big overlay. you got to use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up, or you won't even be able to see it. When Grant is saying it's a cheap buy-in, he's saying it's 0.1 millibits, which is, what, like $1.10 or something like that yeah. right now, based on the current price of Bitcoin. It's a 100 millibit uh, purse, which is, you know, 1000 bucks. And depending on the price of Bitcoin, that, that can must be like a Michael even Kors, more, 1100 bucks. Like Wait. a Michael Kors purse or something. That's an expensive purse. It's a very nice purse. Um, and there's definitely going to be an overlay. We did this last month. There were like 65 runners. It was like a 9x your bet or your buy-in overlay. It's going to be something like that. Again, you have to get in. Use the link in the description to sign up if you haven't already. Yep. Nitrogen also has other stuff for you to do. If, if you should go there and play poker with us, they also have sports betting. They have other gambling stuff. It's uh, fun. If you say want to bet on the Super Bowl, this is a pretty good this place to do it. This is a good time to do that. Yeah. Yes. They have they have the ability to accept those bets and you know or anything else. They do that. You want to, you want to bet on minor league soccer in the state of Arkansas? Of course you can do it. I don't know. If can, I, I'm not poker. sure. I haven't done my research. I don't know if you can do that or not. I will say, though, really, please use the link in the description because otherwise we get no credit for any of the things you do on there. Yeah. And we make, you know, isn't like we get any of your losses and isn't like you have to pay any more. But them knowing that you came through us does help us a little bit. And so that would be great. Yeah. Thanks, people. Yeah. All right. Back to the hand. Okay. So Papazian has four bet with two tens out of the big blind to 4,600. 
Um, the original Razor already folds his 6-4 of hearts. Good job. Now, Dan Zach with the 39K effective stack. Now, was, go back to the damn garbage can where you live, Ari. <laughs> I'm glad somebody <laughs> finally said it. Yeah, I've been thinking of it the whole time, yeah. really. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Please continue. All right. So, <laughs> so it's on Dan Zach. He's got the two queens. Uh, yeah. He could light the powder keg here. Seems crazy. It seems crazy. Why would you do that? Genuinely, I don't think I have any five bets with queens here. Maybe against a guy like Hashtag King, some cra- insane dude who's going to like six bet all in a lot with things. But I don't think I've, I I'm, almost, in, in practice, I don't really have any five bets with queens either. I'm just wondering if the situation dictates that a five bet is more of an okay thing to do than normal because mm. of the double straddle okay. and the late position open three bet and then four bet from the big blind. Right. Like this is one of the widest four betting ranges we can find. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, let's look at it first from the point of view of game theory disaster. Okay. Because that's the obvious reason not to do it, right? Which right. is, if we five bet to a significant amount, which I assume we would, we would not, we would not click it back, right? No, I say we, uh, we're in position, so maybe a bit smaller than we, but maybe like 12 and a half. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, maybe even a little more because we're giving them two to one to close the action. Maybe we have to. Maybe we have to make it thirteen. Yeah, but stack the pot's going to be pretty rough. That's a good point. Um, anyway, something like that. Um, so then we make it twelve and a half, and the guy's like, "I'm all in." What are we doing? We're just going to snap. I think we have to call. Yeah. Ugh, how horrible! And then you feel like a moron when they just stack you with aces because they always have aces there, right? I'm wondering if if he might have more all ins with, with two jacks and ace king, you know, in his range here because of the situation. I don't think so. You don't think so? I mean, two jacks are going to get called by what? Why would two jacks move in? Well, stack to pot's going to be so crappy. They're, they're like, I'm just going to move in. This guy's yeah. got a super wide range. Maybe I can get called by ace king and be okay sometimes. The times they get called. A super wide range? I mean, come on. That just five bet me? A super wide five betting range. Okay, okay. In, in the Fair realm enough. of five betting ranges, it's okay. among the widest. Okay. I think if you move in with jacks, get called and win without improving... You're having a hell of a day. A hell of a day. Well, our Papazian's used to it. It's true. He's having a hell of a year. He is having a hell of a year. But, or, yeah, 12, not calendar year, just year. Yeah. Um, that's true. But I think that is probably incorrect because of what I'm saying. I feel like... I know. I just want to explore. No, no, no. Let's explore. I'm just saying this is the immediate objection I have to right. this, this play. So let's see if we can come up with reasons to go the other way. It's just that we both... We both always default to just calling with two queens here. Oh, yeah. And we're kind of letting him get away with something a little bit with his sizing, as far as that's concerned. True. Um, at the same time as him having one of the widest four-bet ranges we'll ever encounter based on the situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there's a time to five-bet queens, this might be it. I mean, that's not... Compl- well, I mean, if... I don't, I don't agree. I mean, if there was a time to five-bet queens, we'd be, we wouldn't be this deep. Like, the guy only made it, what, 4,600? Yeah. We have $39,000 in front of us. There's a lot of money still to put in. I yeah. mean, if we had $15,000, I'd be like, yeah, this is probably a time to five bet queens, right? 39K is, feels like it's just hard to get that last, you know, $34,000 in good. So we can never five bet queens when we're deep? Um, I think it's hard to do it profitably. What hands do we ever five bet when we're deep? Aces. Sometimes kings, sometimes ace king, a few suited aces. Isn't that enough? I guess so. I guess so. 
I mean, Ace, Ace King is also sort of like the hand, which is, I think, better to five bet with than Queens because A, we have blockers. B, it's an easier fold if someone decides to six bet. I guess so. Because you can't beat nothing. I, I definitely prefer calling. I just, you know. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about it. Don't get me wrong. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I know I'm saying it's like, this is obvious. This is, of course you, but I'm, but I'm just trying to like, these are the problems, right? And it's important to articulate them with doing the five bet with Queens here. The thing is a lot of people don't play like we do. And a lot of people will five bet Queens. And if you can identify who those people are, then you get to, you know, make a lot of money. Yes. I mean, of course you have to have it. That's the problem. Yeah. So it's hard to make a lot of money because you have it. That doesn't really matter. Having it is nice. Yeah. It's an easy, it's easier to make a lot of money when you have it. Yes. That's my analysis. Yes, just have it. That's the lesson today. Sounds good. All right. Well, whatever. Forget five betting. We're going to call. Okay. It's just easier. It, we, we have position. Let's see what happens. Sounds good. All right. So that's what he does. Dan Zach calls the pot. Now, in this 2550 game, going into the flop is somehow $10,025. It's cool, man. It's 200 blinds. Yep. Mm. All right. So the flop is one that is going to lose Art some money, it seems. It's a 995 rainbow board. Yeah. Uh, spades, hearts, and diamonds. This is a pretty good flop for both both players, right? I mean... Yeah, there's not many nines in either player's range. What nines could be there except nine-nine? It's hard right. to go with almost anything else. I guess... I guess... Uh, Art can have ace-nine suited. He, I suppose he can. I think Dan Zach maybe can have five-five. Yes, because we four-bet so small. Yeah. He can have five-five. Fair enough. But that's very little. Both those things are... There, there's so few issues with. I mean, there's so few combos of those compared to the other things they can have. They're nearly negligible. Yes, so I that's agree. good. All right. So, what do you want to do as art now? We got two tens. We're out of position. Ten thousand in the pot. I think we have to bet. Okay, that's for, a good flop for us. It's like a miracle. We actually flopped, you know, an overpair with two tens that like never happens in a spot where the pot is big enough. It's worth winning right now. It's fine to take it down right now. Do we mostly just hope he folds when we bet? I think we prefer a fold. I mean, we're not bluffing, but I think we still prefer a fold. Don't we? Yeah. It sort of sucks to want to be betting for value and hoping for a fold. But I think that's... I mean, there's $10,000 in the pot. Like, let's just win. We probably have the best band. Just fold, buddy. Is it a bet fold spot? Do we just fold to any race? I mean, we'd have to really think about it. What is the guy even raising us with? That's the problem. He's going to raise with a full house right away. What if he had aces? Do you think he might raise with aces? He could. He could raise with aces. He could decide to raise with kings, too. Yeah. Which sort of sucks. But I don't know. The problem with, the problem with it, if he raises, is... I mean, it, what does he have is, is a problem both ways, right? Because like, there are very few bluffs that make any sense, except I'm just losing my mind bluffs. Yep. And there's very little value that makes a whole lot of sense except maybe aces where he thinks, well, we're getting it in any way if he's got me. It doesn't matter. Right. Um, or somehow he has fives full or somehow he has an, uh, he's never going to raise quad nines on the flop, right? Actually, I think raising quads on the flop is really cool, but most people don't do it. Yeah. It's uh, hard to pull the trigger on that one. Yeah. It's easier to do in like limit. I'll just say. Well, no kidding. Much easier to do in limit. <laughs> just FYI. Um, although I did raise a guy with quads on the flop the other day and no limit. Cool. I got called. It was sweet. Anyway. Nice. Good story, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's a race doesn't make a whole lot of sense in either direction. So we wouldn't expect to get raised very often, period. 
It's kind of too bad, though, that we, as, like, not thinking anymore from Art's perspective, but from Dan's perspective, mm-hmm. that we have basically the top of our flatting range and we can't raise on this awesome board for us. That kind of sucks. Yeah. I mean, I would think as Art, we don't really even think kings are going to raise us very often, right? Because we can have aces ourselves and cards could come that could slow down the action. Are kings really going to just, like, decide to get it in now but not preflop? I mean, maybe... But it seems unlikely. Seems unlikely. So it's like just aces and well, chips are better. Here's a, here's a counterpoint to that. Cool. Assuming we're Dan and we have kings, and we think that Art has in his range hands like eights, nines, tens, jacks, queens mm-hmm. in his in his four betting range here. Yeah. He might be folding those a lot more frequently to a five bet than he would to a raise on this board where it doesn't make that much sense for us to be raising. Yeah. So that we can get more value by raising now. So maybe there's that. Yeah. I mean, this board doesn't really give anyone a range advantage, right? I mean, that's no. what, like we've had a long way of sort of getting to that sense. That's what we've been saying in different ways, right? That's the subtext for everything. This board helps no one in terms of range advantage. I think pretty much. I guess I, it's slightly better for Art. I was going to say Dan. I think Art has a slight range advantage because he has more aces and kings. Okay, that's fair. Um, Dan's the only guy who can have two fives, but I guess we're saying if anyone can have ace nine, it's probably Art. So okay, I'll get okay. Maybe it's slight. But it's very slight. Yes. It's not, a, it's not something that should really factor in the hand too much. We also think it's possible that Dan can have aces and kings, but he probably has them less. Right. So fair enough. Yeah, like, like Art has all of the aces and kings. Right. Yeah. Dan has some of the aces yeah. and kings. Probably, and probably not that many aces. Right. Okay. Fair enough. He might have more aces than kings, actually. It's like more comfortable to flatten position with aces than it is with kings. There's less to dodge. Well, yeah. There's definitely less to dodge. Like, you feel comfortable on most flops. You just don't want to see, like, king-queen-jack type flops. Right. Those, those flops are not so good. Not, not so fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so let's get to what actually happens in the $10,000 pot. Art bets tiny with his two tens, 995 rainbow board. He bets 2600 That's very small. Now, I think this is a function of the board texture. He's just saying, like, sure. there's a, I mean, this is something we briefly touched on when watching the video together. Will this bet garner a fold from ace-queen or ace-king? Right. Like this, that. Was, this was the discussion we because had. Because part of this bet is clearly for protection against overcards. We want some protection. Yeah, I, I really question if it's giving us very much. I really strongly question that. I know this is, this is going to be an interesting little debate we, we may have. We'll see. I'm not sure where you stand on this anymore. I'm not sure either. We were kicking it around a little bit as we watched the video. So I feel like 2,600 into 10,000, where the other guy's in position, is not folding out ace-king and is probably not folding out ace-queen either. It's probably not. So what are we hoping to get called by? Two eights? Two yeah. eights may call once. If they called pre, which I guess they would have to. Yeah. Two eights can call. Cool. I thought of one hand we want to get called two by. Two sevens. Eight. Okay, sure. But there's very little, right? Yeah. Uh, we can live, by the way, with getting called by ace-king or ace-queen. But why are we betting an amount that's going to encourage, like, that then there's tough, like, it's harder to play the hand post-flop. Yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry, post, yeah, I do mean post-flop, but I mean on turns and rivers, right? Um. I feel like this is a mistake to bet this small. I understand a small bet. This feels like too small. Do you think it would be a mistake if he had aces to bet this small? Good question. Well, there's nothing to protect against then, right? Yeah. Um, or I mean, there's always something, but there's very little to protect against in the same there's way. There's nothing to protect against that a bigger size wouldn't get called by anyway. Like if the guy has an overpair, he's going to call anyway with a bigger size. I think in a vacuum, betting the small with aces is perfectly fine. I think in reality, in practice, it's not as fine because we want to be able to be balanced 
when we make this bet. I think he's so I think he's actually sort of going the wrong way with this. He's betting the tens too small because he figures out he bet aces small. I think he should bet aces bigger because he bet tens bigger. Personally, I think I agree with that hmm. uh, because you want to do you do want to be able to fold out those ace king and ace queen hands when you have tens. Of course, you don't want to fold them out when you have aces. But of course, there's more hands that you have in your range here that you want those to fold with than hands that you want those to call with. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I feel like Papazian is playing this like it's a tournament. So he's betting crazy small on the flop because that's usually all you have to do on these flops in a tournament spot, right? Yeah. It's much harder to call with ace queen in a tournament setting where you're like, am I really going to call here? Put in chips with ace queen high and like hit and be no good anyway. Like it's real. like this is not a good spot. Maybe Papazian is mainly a tournament player because all of his sizing so far has been yes, tournament, too small. tournament-like. I mean, really know? pre-flop, the four bet was too small. Even like we wouldn't make it yeah. that small in a tournament. But, I agree. But a lot of players would. Yeah. Incorrectly, we would say, even though he has been crushing it in tournaments. Yes, he has. Doesn't mean it's right. <laughs> Darwin Moon got second. Yeah. Jerry Yang won. Um, Papazian won two WP titles in a month. Though. Yeah, it's though a little he's, different. he's probably pretty good. Yeah. All right. So we don't like the size. I think I agree with you on that. Yeah. I think bigger is probably better here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you want to do as Dan here? Is there any, any reason to potentially raise? The only possible reason is to protect against those aces and kings that could come out on the turn. That seems like a terrible reason to raise. I think we can only call in position reasonably here. I agree. Unless we go many levels deep. Mm-hmm. And we, maybe we think art is a little bit transparent. And I don't know if he is or not. He's probably not. But let's assume for a second we do think he is. Okay. That would mean he's probably betting a little bit bigger with, with better hands. Maybe, maybe we can raise queens because we're not so worried about kings and aces being in his range. I mean, it's in his range, but we think the sizing maybe means he doesn't have it as frequently. And we can raise because it looks weird when we raise here and get value from other hands. I mean, that seems like... That's quite a quite a leap to decide. He's so transparent that when he bets small, I know. he doesn't like. That's like playing against the guys in the two hundred dollar tournaments, not the guys and who win. I WPT agree. Titles. I'm just trying to find ways to do things that are not super standard because we're always trying to do the super standard. I understand. Things. I think this is a spot though where like trying to like like assuming you know amateur type decision making for art is probably a mistake. Yes, like, like that level of amateur. I should. Say. I agree. Like like. He may, maybe he makes some mistakes. We think like some of his sizing stuff maybe is a mistake, but he's not a tourist, you know? And so yeah. Like, to, so I, I, so yeah, I just don't know. It feels like too many flights of fancy to get to. Well, cause he bets small, we can raise, by the way, we raise and what's going to happen. He's not going to fold. Yeah. Do we want that anyway? If, if I, we're beating him, don't we want him to stick around? If, I don't know. It feels like we're letting him get away with all this tiny sizing when we are likely to have the best hand. But there's going to be, if he, if we call, there's going to be $16,000 in the pot and we're going to have like 30K left. It's fine for him to get a yeah. lot of small sizing right now. We can get it in if we want. No problem by the river. We're in position. It's yeah. okay. All right. You're right. Calling is the only option. I just, you know. I know. It's the only option. It's okay. This, there's so many interesting decisions in this hand. I mean, all the way through, there's, there's more, way more interesting decisions, too. This is a great hand. It's fine. I'll just be the guy who explores, like, possibilities, and you'll be the guy who makes me sound dumb. Sounds yep. fun. So, you know, if you maybe explored smart possibilities, I wouldn't be able to do it. So I just shouldn't even consider the ideas. Maybe just don't talk. All right, you go ahead. What's cool. next? Okay. So, um, so Dan Zach decides to call. Yeah. That's 20, another 2,900 in the pot. No, that's that actually, not, It's 2,600. Oh, 2,600? Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. Should raise that. It's going to leave us 2,600. You were thinking 2,900. 2,600 you can raise. It feels different. <laughs> that is such a crazy small bet. Yeah. It really is. So that's going to put uh, uh, 15,400 in the pot total, correct? 15,225. Pretty close. 15,225? Yeah. 
Wasn't there a 10-2 in the pot? 10,025. Oh, okay. Well, then that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 15 25 and we're going to see a turn. What is it? Try, oh, it's a five. Yeah. It's a uh, five of hearts? Yeah. Wow, I'm so good. That brings a second heart. Um, yes, but... But that we're not really, really... No one's really worried about that. Matter. Although, um, art could have like ace-king of hearts or something like that. Although, now the board's double-paired, you can't be too excited about that. Even right. making your flush. Although... There aren't that many nines and fives in people's ranges. Okay, so Art has got to decide now. Now he's been called and the five paired. It's unlikely that five helped anyone, but what does he hope to get called by if he bets again? Yeah, I think if he bets again, it's quite possible that two eights are just going to get dumped. But here's the other side of that. Maybe that's okay. The pot has $15,000 in it. Right, because if we think we got called a lot of the time by ace-queen and ace-king right. on the flop, then we're happy to have that hand go away now. Exactly. Like, do we want to just give them a free card? No. That seems bad. Also, there's a chance they could outplay us in the hand if they bet turn bet river, you know? At the same time, it's possible that Dan is floating a lot because our bet was so small. Maybe yeah. we give him a chance to bet by checking. That's fair. It's not impossible. There's so many times though where it just feels like a you know a queen comes off on the river and it goes check check and he turns over king queen suit and you're like oh my god but yeah, not that, that you're supposed to really be worried that about really that with one card that often. I know but you're but in, the, in these extra big pots where you're out of position I think you're supposed to check don't get me wrong because it's just hard to come up with like you're saying that many hands that can call us profitably it's like if we bet it's purely for protection right like we're like the pot's big enough I'll take we're it we're not down. getting called by a worse hand if we bet a reasonable right. size. So, and maybe especially in a cash game, we really shouldn't be thinking of it this way, right? We should just be thinking, what's the most profitable play long-term in this spot? Because it's a cash game. I'm going to be in these spots a lot, right? Yeah. Not this exact spot, but spots like this. This is, this is supposed to be a check, right? I think we should ask ourselves, in, on this double-paired board, what is the most likely way to get paid by ace high? Is right. it possible to get paid by ace high? And mm-hmm. I think it's checking here and betting the river, if, if they check back. Mm-hmm. Yep, ace, ace highs can at least have to strongly consider calling the river. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Just to call for a chop so we could bet small on the river, hope they call, and get to win. Not necessarily call for a chop, but like they could think we're messing around a lot. You know? Yeah, they could think like, yeah. Like we have Jack 10 suited here. And we're trying know? to get him off ace high yeah. specifically. So we bet something. Yeah, and maybe get paid by two eights and two sevens sometimes too. Yeah, those things may feel absolutely absolutely forced to call when they might fold on the turn. Yeah. That seems like really good reasons to check. Yep. I don't know if we're really going to get paid by ace high. I don't know how we do it. I don't either, but it gives us a better chance. Feels unlikely unless the board is like, we're going to need some things to happen. It gives us a better chance though. But, but eights, but just eights and sevens alone. Like we don't think we can get paid by them if we bet, but we think if we check, we sometimes can get paid by them. That's pretty good. Yeah, it is pretty good. I'm down with that. All right. So we're going to check. Okay. That's what he does. Good man. He checks. All right. 15 K in the pot. Now you're Dan. You got two queens. Yeah. What do you want to do? Well, when we were watching the hand, I said almost as soon as this check happened, I said, I think you just have to bet. So okay. let's talk about why. I, let's see if I still feel that way and talk about why, why I felt that way. Okay. If we agree. Well, here's an argument against that. Great. For the very reason we just said it would be good to check with two tens. It would maybe also be good to check with some of the bigger over pairs as well. If we're art getting paid by hands, that would not otherwise pay on the turn, right? So we might have to be a little bit concerned about that as Dan, mm-hmm. that, that Art might check aces and kings here. He might check aces and kings. This is true. At the same point, there's as many jacks and tens as there are aces and kings. But do we put all of those in his four betting range? That's a great question. It's hard to know what the dynamic has been at this yeah. table. In fact, we don't know, I should say, what the dynamic has been at the table. 
from so, our perspective, I, I would say there's fewer Jackson 10s in the four betting range okay. than aces and kings. Th- that's, that's reasonable. Um, but there probably is also like ace-king and things like that, which may consider calling. Well, might they also consider calling on the river? Same argument as mm. the other argument that we were making when we were talking about art checking. Yeah. It's a weird spot because in some ways, I don't disagree with what you're saying at all, to be clear. Uh, in some ways, it's a weird spot because we've got queens. We've got this pretty tasty stack-to-pot ratio if we want to get it in. When he checks the turn, we often have the best hand because while he can have aces and kings and check, he's also going to bet those a lot on the turn, isn't he? Yeah, you'd think like, he would. There's, like, he can bet hoping to get called by queens, jacks, tens, eights, nines, um, ace highs, once in a blue moon. Very well, unlikely to get called by not aces. Nines. What? Not nines. Not but, nines. You're right. Yeah. Eights and sevens. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Ace highs are rarely going to call unless he gets super stubborn if we bet twice. But maybe once in a while, also we block ace highs. Um, there's almost nothing to be afraid of. The board is really on our side, and we can potentially get it in by the river. We're probably going to bet our aces and kings. So I don't know if we're going to bet all of them, but we're going to bet a lot of them, I would think. Do you disagree? I don't. I just don't know if it's the right thing to do, actually. Mm, okay. Just considering... Like, queens are not in a great spot if Art bets the turn. Like queens are not happy. No. They're not loving life. It's true. They may consider a fold. They should consider a fold. I don't know what they're supposed to do. I think if Art has any wiggle to his waggle, we probably have to call on the turn. Oh, his waggle wiggles. Okay. So if his waggle wiggles, <laughs> then um, we probably are going to have to call if he bets the turn. Yeah. Um, can for we... sure, by the way, he's got some wiggle there. I agree. Can we expect three full streets with aces, though, if we're Art? On this board, yes. You think so? Yes. Out of queens? Yes. The, the, when you say, you're saying three full streets, but the stack to pot is so favorable for this. It's less than two to one. We can just get it in. It's, gonna be, it's not going to be that hard. We may not always be able to get queens. Someone may make a good fold with queens, but we're going to bet the turn. Queens are usually going to call, and we're going to move in on the river, and they're going to be in this incredibly tough spot and think strongly about calling. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And we're losing almost nothing. All right. If we're not going to get value with aces, what are we betting the turn with? Are we ever betting the turn with anything? Maybe not. I don't know. I think we should, be, I think we should have hands we can bet the turn with. Deuce three suited. If, well, if we're going to bet with deuce three suited, we need to bet with some value. Tens. <laughs> Definitely not. <Yeah. laughs> so, you know, like if we're going to have any bluffs at all here, then we should probably be able to bet with our aces. I guess that's correct. Yeah. Well, okay. So we're Dan. We have our queens. You think we should bet for value? I think... As Dan, if I was sitting there, I think he's often going to bet better hands than mine. Maybe not always, but often. He's going to check most worse hands than mine. That sounds like a pretty good time to value bet. Also, there's 15K in the pot. If he folds, it's not the end of the world. So do we think we can get called by... What, what do you think the bottom of the range is we can get called by when we bet queens here? Because we bet 9K, by the way, into 15K. He does yeah. bet. Right. And I do like that sizing because it sets up a river shove if we want to make it. Really yeah. comfortable river shove. Um, what do we think we can get called by? Yeah. What's the worst answer we think we can get called yeah. by? Yeah. I don't think Ace-King's going to call. I don't think so either. But it's okay to fold out Ace-King, even it's though there's okay. only one card. It's, not, it's okay. Yeah. That shouldn't be the reason why we bet, but it's okay. Um, I mean, I believe Jackson 10s are going to probably feel like they have to call. Okay. Um, eights are really... The, the difference about 7s and 8s is not so much... It's just that Jackson 10s like, live... Yes. Above them. That's the problem which we could really have. Right. 
you know, it's, it's more hands that they're losing to. I don't know if they're going to feel like they can fold, though. If eights bet tiny on the flop and then check the turn and we bet, we could be floating. Eights may say, like, distribution-wise, I can fold anyway. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Like, I really only have sevens and eights that I would even consider calling with that are, you know, those are my two worst hands at this point. Yeah. So maybe I can just... By the way, am I really going to four bet sevens and eights pre? Maybe I am in that spot because it was such a weird opening deal. I'm going to bet sevens to, like, 4,600. So weird. It's weird with tens, too. Yeah. It's even weirder with sevens, but it's weird either way. You're yeah. Right. It's all weird. Um, you're probably supposed to dump the worst. You're supposed to dump the worst hands in your range here, right? I mean, so you're going to dump all your ace highs, all your, all your bad stuff. So you're basically only hoping to get called by tens or jacks if you have the queens here. I mean, you pray the guy is loose and is going to, you know, pull a, uh, what's his name and call with eights. What's his name? Steve Buscemi. No, close. The guy who from live at the bike. Garrett Edelstein. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You hope he's going to do that, but you don't. Really, you can't really expect that. No, you can't. I think you target tens and jacks because you think he's usually going to bet aces and kings. All right. I think, I, think there's, I think you win. I think it's a profitable bet based on that. And okay. it's okay to fold out some of the overcards some of the time. That's fine. That, that gives you a little more equity. That's fine. So you deny some equity, and the range of, call, the range of hands that calls you is weighted towards hands you're beating. That's my belief. Okay. So I think I'd find a bet it's here. It's pretty specific. We're getting pretty specific here. No question. But I mean, if we had kings, it's kind of a slam dunk value bet, right? I don't think I can fault checking or betting with okay. queens here. I think checking is fine, too. We keep bluffs alive by doing that. Yep. Like, Art may lose heart a little bit on, on the flop and decide, okay, if it goes check, check, maybe I'll take a shot on the river. Mm-hmm. You know? So there's value in checking, but I agree there's also value in betting. And, you know, there's real value in winning this pot. Yes. Not that we're betting just to, like, knock him out when we have a hand as strong as queens a value hand like that, but it's really okay to bet 9,000. He size folds and we get, you know, we get all the money and not, and we don't get outplayed later or have a bad card come or anything, you know? Right. But of course we're always just looking for the, the most expected value. No question. No question. Yeah. But I'm saying it's a, it's a nice side benefit where it's, it's really okay to bet and have right. fold. I just question whether betting or checking is better expected value. I think they're similar. I think I, based on what I was saying, I think betting is a little bit better. Okay. I'm not so sure. Think, it depends on how bluffy art is, I guess. Depends on how... Bl- oh, for the river. You yeah. Mean. Got it. Right. I mean... Well, also pre-flop, how bluffy he is. Yep. He's got to be... Well, if he's bluffy pre-flop, he's going to be bluffy on the flop, which means he's probably bluffy on the river sometimes, yeah. too. So that's actually very player dependent. What's the better expected value play, I think? Yeah. It's weird if he's super bluffy and bet super... You know, four bets super small and then bet super small on the flop if he's super bluffy. Yeah. Doesn't mean to say he isn't doing it in a tournament. You could pull that off, maybe. But cash game seems really weird does seem so weird. It makes it feel less likely, but I could be completely wrong for this guy. I don't know. People do things all the time that we disagree with. Yes. <laughs> and we wouldn't do, so it's hard to know. Anyway, Dan Best 9K, that's totally fine. Um, it's maybe maybe the best play possible. I mean, I like it. Okay. And I think I'm, that I'm glad he sized it up so that way he can shove the river if he wants to. I certainly don't dislike it. I'm just curious about checking also. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is now a bit of a poopy spot for Art. Like, we're only bluff catching now, right? Yeah. Because we don't really think Dan's going to bet two eights. The It'd be surprising if he bet two eights. Yeah. Maybe just for protection, but it seems... I mean, he might bet two eights once to get to the river. You know, to get showdown. Yeah. Figure like, well, I'd rather do that than have to call to call a bet. I'd rather bet it myself. I wonder if he would bet smaller with two eights, though. Yeah, he might. He might. Because, like, he could bet 7,200 
it has the same effect of folding out the overcards and stuff like that yeah. and folding out worse hands when you figure like better hands are almost always going to call anyway. Yeah. I think with two tens, we probably are forced to call though. I feel like we're supposed to call this. I think, yeah, we probably are because we have checked and opened up the float. You know, it's possible. Exactly. It's possible that Dan's floating, especially considering our size on the flop. We made it so easy for him to call with anything, and then we check full two tens on it when it's an overpair. It seems crazy. I think the sure. sizing Art chose on the flop is the biggest reason to call now. Yeah, I think that's that's right. probably if, if why. we bet like a normal amount on the flop, and the guy calls anyway, it feels completely different. Yeah, if you bet seventy five hundred on the flop, Dan calls, and then Dan bets the turn when we check, we can consider folding. Yeah, but I don't think we can even consider it now. I agree, just, but it is it is a pretty bad spot. Yeah, and just to remind everyone, because we have, we usually do this better than we have in this hand. Um, Art has two tens; he's in the big blind. Dan is on the button with two queens. The board is nine nine five five with two hearts. Yeah, and we're so so. Art does call. He does. It is crappy. It's just bluff catching. That's yeah. all it is. But that's how you got to live sometimes. This is you know that's poker, brah. Yeah. All right. So the pot's big now. It's thirty three thousand two hundred twenty five dollars. What's the effective stack? The effective stack like 22,000 for Zach. Dan? It's Zach. Yeah, yeah, Dan Zach. Two first names, so I got confused. Um, yeah, I think it's about... Let's see. He's started with 39K. He's put in a total of 46, 26, and 9 combined. So he's put in about 15K. Mm-hmm. He started uh, with 39. So he's got 24 or something yeah. like that. Okay. So, yeah, sets up a very comfortable shove if he wants it. I'm sure Art was thinking about that. That's one of the things that sucks about calling with two tens on the turn is... Yeah the threat of the shove, and am I really going to call another 24? And I guess you're like, I'll figure it out when I get there because I really have to call this one. Well, he's not going to have to figure out much because the river's the 10 of clubs. Well, he's that like, makes it well, easier. Well, I'm going to figure out this shove right into my stack. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Suddenly you're loving that he's setting up the shove. Ten of, that's such a gross, unfair card. It's pretty pretty sick. All right. It so happens. Is there an argument to bet as art, just to move in yourself? I'm thinking about it. Okay, first of all, there's always an, at least an argument. There's, a some, there's some level of argument when we have a hand that we're sure is best. Yes. To make sure a bet goes in. Yes. So, there, so that's, that's the only good argument I have, though. Like, Dan Zach bet the turn like he was going to shove the river. If he's bluffing, well, we should give him a chance to bluff. If he's got value, we should let him shove, shouldn't we? I don't see how we can bet here. What do you think? I mostly agree with you. But if we go 900 levels deep, good, which is about where we all often end up, um, and this is, of course, assuming a lot of competence that I don't think any human is actually capable of. Great. Well, yeah. that's perfect for this. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like a TV show, the detective who has it all. Yeah. He's I... got the home life and everything. <laughs> 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 um, so if we... Nah, it's impossible. Never. It's, stu- it's stupid. Okay. Let's not get into it. Then. Yeah. So, yeah, checking is kind of the only play we're you hoping. You just have to check. All right. So what does Dan do now? It's really an interesting spot for Dan. 10 is one of the cards we really didn't want to see. Ten is 10 is awful. 10, Ten and Jack terrible. are the two cards we're right. really hoping not to see. Yep. Because like, we're like, okay, those are the hands we're targeting on the turn. Right. Tens and Jacks. Right. Those are the things we most want him to have. We just lost half of those. Half of the, it isn't half of the combos now that the 10 shows up, but before the 10 yeah. shows up, there's 12 combos and half of them are 10s, and now, now that's not the case anymore. Now, I would say, yeah, the things... <clears throat> Like, if we saw overcards, a 10 or a jack, basically any Broadway card that isn't a queen, we're probably planning on, we can't love it. Yes. Everything, every other card in the deck, I think we can shove the river pretty comfortably. Now, we don't have to shove the river, but we can strongly decide. It's, like, very reasonable to shove the river and hope to get called. I think we could shove on aces and kings. 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure we can get called. True. And once in a while, what's his face? Maybe if he's a little crazy, could have called with ace high on the double paired board on the turn. I don't maybe, know. Maybe we can shove kings, but not aces. Because he can have... Well, we block ace queen. Yeah, but, so but if he, if he has other like a blocker play. Yeah, okay. I, I don't even know if I'd shove kings just because I'd be afraid that he could fold jacks pretty easily. Okay. Well, if we have a if we have cards that are candidates for us to check back, yeah. I think tens and jacks are the number one and two candidates. Yeah, I not, agree. Not in any order; they're the same. Um, I think they're. I think aces and kings are up there too. Honestly, I really do because of the. It's hard to get called by worse. Yeah. But but whatever. This, these are the problem cards, and so one of them showed up. And it turns out it is the problem card, too. Yes, it is. So the question, though, is, okay, we don't like it. Should we bet anyway? Obviously, we don't like it. We know we don't like it. We understand why we don't like it. As Dan Zach in this spot. Like, damn, that sucks. Should we bet anyway, though? We can get called by Jax. He doesn't have aces and kings that often. Can we get called by Jax? Can we get called by Jax? That's a great question. Well, Tens is now beating Jax. Yeah. What else are we supposed to have? Only bluffs. Just bluffs. Jacks are getting a crazy price if we move in. May feel like they have to call. It's not a crazy price. It's just a pretty good price. I mean, it's a really good price. If we move in, we have 24000 How much is in the pot? 33000 Yeah, it's going to be twenty-four to win 57 Yeah. It's two and a half to one. It's a pretty good price. It's not a crazy price. Okay. I mean, it's pretty good. You don't have to win very Nine to one is a crazy price. You're right. You're right. You're completely right. It's not, it's not like that. But it's a really good price for when someone moves in. Is it in. good enough? Two and a half to one? No. It's not. <laughs> it's not crazy at all when you say it that way. It's not nearly good enough because of all the hands we're losing to. Yeah. I think Jax is folding. Well, if Jax is folding, then there's no way we should bet. Right. There's no way. Zero percent we should bet if Jax. If we think there's any chance even Jax can fold, any reasonable chance, we really cannot move in. Which is actually why I don't think we can move in on an ace or a king either. Yeah. For similar reasons. Um so yeah, so for any Broadway card except the Queen, we're just gonna have to check back, I guess. Yeah, it's the only way to make to like get called. I mean, honestly, if a Deuce comes on the river and he checks again, I guess we have to move in and hope Jax finds a call. I think just because it's as you said on the turn, very hard for Art to show up with aces or kings. So that's all we're worried about at that point. And we could reasonably say to ourselves, not that this actually matters because we could have avoided it, but I often use this as consolation for myself, which is, well, if he had played it like a little bit more normally, we were going to get it in anyway on yeah. this board. Like it's not it, like it, it was weird, but I'm trying to, but I could, but I get to capture value from Jacks and tens this way. Yeah. So at least give ourselves a chance to get called by Jacks or tens because they're a lot more likely to show up the way the hand is exactly. played than aces or kings. Exactly. But when a Jack or 10 comes, we're like, well, crap. Right now there's, there's, I mean, of the Jackson 10. So now there's two thirds of that range still left, which is call a bull, but may fold anyway. Probably right. should fold anyway. And the tens are obviously never going to fold and be super excited. And so and, and if the, aces are going to call, kings are going to call, tens are going to call, and jacks are going to strongly consider folding. This is a bad bet. Yep. And Dan Zach actually figures that out quite quickly and checks. He fo- he checks right away. Yeah. He knew what his re- he knew what he was targeting tens and jacks. Yeah. I think pretty clearly because he checks so fast. Now let me ask you a question. In the video, we're not making a video, but in the live of the bike video, I'm I know Dan Zach checks super fast. Does Arpapazian check really quickly too? I think it is pretty quick. I think he checks really fast, like too fast. Yeah, maybe too fast. Like 
Like, oh, I don't care about that car. That nothing changed. And like, I've seen people check like that against me before, and they always have it. Now, it may not be fair again. I'm sort of doing the tourist thing. Like, yeah. Like, so it, it may not be reasonable. Maybe he would check like that no matter what. Um, but I think, I, but like, that would worry me a little bit too when a card I don't want to see hits and the guy checks like that. That makes it even easier to check back. I also think that good players are more likely to have similarities to the, as you're calling them, tourist players in physical and verbal stuff than they are in gameplay stuff. Yeah, that's a great point. That's actually a great point. Yeah, th- that stuff's harder to, to keep under control. I mean, yeah, the guy who did this to me, and this was years ago, I still remember this play because I had like top, I think I had top two or something like that. It was a limit hold'em game. So there's any check, like the turn came and it like only completed like one weird straight and he checked, but he checked in such a way I almost didn't bet top two. Mm. And I finally bet and he check raised me. And I'm like, I'm the worst. And I called down and he had it, you know? And it was just like, Obviously, he had it. Like, he just checked in so fast. Like, so I don't care. But why, why is he doing that? Why would yeah. He? So the tourist way of, and, and to your point, the tourist way of playing jacks on the river there would probably be to, like, act like you really have a decision whether or not to bet to try to make it so you don't have to call a bet, you right. know? Or, and, and by the way, the, the pro way would also be to, um, like, just take the same amount of time as you always take. Yes. Right? Like, and he's doing, he's not doing that. Yeah. So, Yeah. Anyway, it's sort of like the, I'm trapping. Now, when we spend an hour talking about it, it seems like a pretty easy check with Queens, but it's a pretty great check. It's a great check. And when, it, when we were watching it live, I thought, I think, oh, God, I think he's going to have to move in anyway. And mm-hmm. now that we talk about it, I see clearly you can't move in. Yeah. But, but in real time, I was assuming he was going to move in and thought that was reasonable. Yeah. So I'm glad I wasn't in that spot. I hope I would have taken enough time to realize I have to check it back. Yeah. He, he checked pretty quickly, though. I guess he he already knew, like, any jack, any 10, at least I'm going to check. Yeah. He checked, though. He still thought he was going to win because he gave the, like, the look of, like, can you believe this? Right. Right. He really struggled to not show his cards, but he didn't. Yeah. Good job, Dan Zach. Zach Dan, Dan Zach, whatever. You know what uh, Dan Zach sounds like, right? No. Welcome to the Dan Shack Show. (laughs) I'm Dan Shack. Today I'm reviewing the film (laughs) Fifty Shades Freed. With Dakota Johnson. She's wonderful. Thank you for that. The Dan Shack show. Yeah. Someday we'll get it. Why, why have we stopped doing Dan Shack jokes? That's my question. I don't it's know. Like we had like months. a solid week of Dan Shack jokes, and then we kind of stopped. The thing is, like, the I feel bad for the audience because they missed so many of the good ones because on the drive back from Vegas, it was like 10 straight hours of the Dan Shack show. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> We need, to record our, do? we need to record our drives. Yeah. Someone, I'm sure a lot of people would listen to that. Big audience for the 10 hour, well, 17 no, hour. No, we just pick out the good parts. Yeah. Oh, who's going to edit that, buddy? You are. <laughs> okay, fine. Fine. You got me. I'll do it. <laughs> all right. I think we're done. Yeah. Music is my sunlight and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. and going to be traveling the globe. We still have time to make